Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bove and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. The fish were squished, and it was <laughs> dominant. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Victory Monday episode of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Matt Bove, Sal Capaccio, joining you after the Bills just unbelievable 48 to 20 win against the Miami Dolphins they improved to 3 and 1 on the season and that was a statement really to not just the AFC East but maybe the rest of the NFL that hey you slept on the Bills probably sooner than you should have and they are still very much a contender and a team that could win it all Absolutely, Matt. You know, first of all, for anybody watching on video, my apologies. I'm in a little dark space here. I took my friends, I've a bunch of friends up from Florida been talking about it all week. At this game, I had a Dolphins. These are friends of mine from Florida. A Dolphins fan. Yes, sorry. Dolphins fan, Patriots fan, Bears fan, Steelers fan, and a Bills fan. Took them out for some pizza and wings here in Buffalo. We're having a great time. Everybody's hooting and hollering. Buffalo's feeling great, right? You said it. The Bills, what an excellent game, a statement game. Fans are feeling great. Great weather, Northside Orchard Park. Sean McDermott said the loudest that he's heard that stadium in his time as a coach. I agree. As someone on the sidelines, it was incredible. I think the... um. The, the Bills defense did a great job to disrupt the Miami passing game and the timing and the rhythm as well. That's how important it was. But what a fantastic game. 48 to 20, the Bills win. And now they're back on top of the AFC East after four weeks. Let me own it right off the top. I did not think that this game was going to go this way. I didn't necessarily think that, you know, it was going to be like a blowout one way or another. I just thought the Dolphins were going to give the Bills a really tough game. Maybe I was too low on the Bills. Maybe I was a little bit too high on the Dolphins. As my punishment, I am going to read some of the comments that people said about me on the YouTube video that we posted <laughs> for the last episode. Uh, this is from Fitz Amish Rifle. Matt Bove is a Debbie Downer, leaning too heavy on the Dolphins. You were right. I leaned too heavy on the Dolphins. This one is from Kevin. I, this is my personal favorite. Matt Bove is poop. And yes. then there were a few that were just saying, hey, Sal, like you that. need a new co-host. So, okay, <laughs> I apologize. Maybe I thought the Dolphins no. were better than they actually are. Maybe I didn't give the Bills enough credit. I think it was a little bit of both. I was oh. very going into this game. thought it was going to be a really close game. And then in the first quarter, when both teams went back and forth, back and forth, the first couple drives, Miami moved the ball with more ease than the Bills did. And I was like, man, the margin for error for the Bills defense or for the Bills offense is so small. Because if they go three and out or if they don't get points, I don't know how they're going to stop the Dolphins. 
But then in the second quarter, something flipped. And I know like we'll talk about Josh Allen plenty on this episode of the podcast and Stefan Diggs. They were both exceptional. The defense was incredible today. You went from 70 points Miami scored to 20. That's remarkable, especially when you consider that it was just, what, six points in the second half? That's unbelievable. All right, Matt, let me take it even a step further because what you said is right about the first two drives. How about this? I just did the numbers. First two drive for the, drives for the Dolphins, 14 plays, 142 yards, average 10.1 yards per play, 14 Crazy. points. The rest of the game, 250-some-odd yards. I can't remember the exact number. Five yards a play. The Bills were really great after those first two drives, and I think it took them two drives to get used to the speed, to get used to what Miami was doing. Some players talked about being in the flow of the game. No doubt about it. But I think – this conversation has to start and continue on with Sean McDermott as a defensive yeah. coach. Yeah. Give this man his credit. I mean, what a great job Sean McDermott did with this defense throughout the day, preparing them and getting them ready to play. And of course the players did the work and they did a great job. We can talk about some of the individuals. I think Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott, deserves a ton of credit for this game leading up to it all week and then how they played it out throughout the game. Not only the overall result, but as we pointed out, the adjustments made after those first two drives especially. Yeah, and I don't want to take anything. This is not meant to be like a slide or take anything away from the Bills. The Bills' defensive line was a huge – The it was the massive mismatch in this game, and that proved to get more and more and more effective as the game went on. You know, those first couple drives, the ball is getting out of Tua's hand so fast that there's really not even a way for them to impact it unless they can deflect a ball. Then they're already without Connor Williams, who is a better player on right. their interior offensive line. So now they've got a backup center in. And then Teron Armstead gets hurt late in the first half. And then at that point, it was like a field day for the Bills because then they were able to impact the play in so many different ways, whether it was getting their hand on balls and tipping them or getting in passing lanes or obviously sacking Tua. I mean, Tua had been sacked one time Once. before the game. And then you look and see what the Bills did today. So, yeah, I mean, I think defensively, Sean McDermott has done an incredible job so far this season. And this was the first real big test. It was like, okay, you did really well against the Raiders and against the Commanders. Now let's see what you can do against a really good offense. What some people thought might be the best offense in the NFL. I was one of those yeah. people. And hey, you hold, but, but it still is. There, there's no. There, it, it still might be the best offense. Maybe the Bills are, but I don't think there's any shame in thinking all the things you thought, Matt, about the Miami Dolphins offense. They were, they were watching that speed up close is incredible. I just think that speaks to how great of a job the Bills did on defense too. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that it's one of those things. We'll talk more about the Tre'Davious White injury later in the podcast. But my just kind of really quick thought on that is: first off, I feel terrible for Trey. It's awful. Yes, it's a course. huge loss for them on and off the field. But I think this team is equipped to handle losses in the secondary like Trey or like Jordan Poyer in the short term. You don't want to lose any of these people. But because their defensive line is so dominant and because they're about to add another elite pass rusher to that mix, it gives the opposing offenses less wiggle room or less margin for error because you were getting to them consistently and your pressure is coming from every which way and we saw that today greg rousseau is becoming a dude uh, in this league we talked yeah. about him before the season about breakout candidate greg rousseau well guess what he is breaking out 
Daquan Jones, everybody says, oh, you know, he's so slept on. Nobody talks about him. We're talking about him because he's really, really awesome. Ed Oliver has just continued to elevate his game, and it happens every single week. And Leonard Floyd, you know, Leonard Floyd in the locker room after the game was like, nobody should talk to me because I didn't get a sack today, and I feel a little bit left out. I thought Leonard Floyd was making his presence felt. Basically, I don't want to say the entire game, but basically when I talk about the defense and I'm giving them their flowers, it's everything after the first two offensive possessions for the Dolphins. Everything yeah. after that, that's when the Bills turned it up a notch and were really, really dominant. Yeah, what I love too is, as you just mentioned, Greg Rousseau, we're talking about players. I mean, Bills defense, it's kind of come from different players every week, right? Now, yes, you yeah. have your main stage and you see the guys in the stat sheet, but like, the first week, Matt Milano, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, amazing. And the Raiders game, amazing. Last week, it was Terrell Bernard, who was unbelievable for the Buffalo Bills. Today, the Bills, look at the secondary. Micah High with the interception. Taylor Rapp had six tackles. And, of course, that defensive line, Greg Rousseau, two sacks. Ed Oliver was incredible, I thought. The defensive line came to play. They had four sacks, as you said. That is three more than Tua had against him all season through three games leading to this point. The defense was unbelievable today. Of, we will talk about one, Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I don't know why I don't do this more often, but when I'm taking, you know, when I'm watching the game, I take notes and I have a bunch of the notes still on my laptop here. I don't know why I don't just read these on the podcast every week. But the first <laughs> note that I have is Bernard is making great checks in real time and looks like he has complete control of the defense. And that's not specifically to one player or anything, but I just was kind of locked in on Bernard. And one of the things that you talked about a lot this week was all of the extra stuff that you got to kind of be aware of that the Dolphins do, all the pre-snap motion yeah. and the eye discipline. And I think some people might roll their eyes, no pun intended, at that and be like, okay, how big of a deal is that? And I remember watching the linebackers at practice, Bernard and Milano, and they're like, okay, when this happens, this is where you go. When this happens, this is where you go. And he was almost like, you know, one of those people at the airport with the two lights in his hands, like moving everybody <laughs> around. And for somebody who is still learning the game and has only started five games, it's impressive to see him take that command. You know, he gets another takeaway today. He gets the fumble recovery. He had the pass that, you know, he tips and then ultimately gets caught, I think, by Waddle or whoever it was on the next play. But, you know, that could have been a turnover yes. play. He, he just looks like he belongs. And when you put somebody who looks like they belong next to Matt Milano, who doesn't just belong, but who is a dominant player, it's a scary combination for the Bills. And it was again today. And I know that if you look at just the numbers, the Dolphins had some success on the ground today, but I think that was a little bit almost by design. I think the Bills were kind of like, sure, oh, inviting yeah. it. Like, yeah, sure. Like, you're down big at this point. Like, yeah, you don't want to give up a 50 yard run to HN, but it's like, okay, if you're going to take time off the clock and run the ball, we will gladly let you get six, seven yards of carry. We just don't want you to take us over the top. 48 to 20 Bills win over the Miami Dolphins in a big game in the AC East. Let's go to the offensive side. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Well, Matt, Josh Allen did what Josh Allen does. He just owns the Miami Dolphins. Once again, a fantastic performance from Josh Allen. He's responsible for five touchdowns, four through the air, one on the ground. He had a perfect passer rating. I believe I heard and read first time ever in his career, perfect passer rating in a game. Pretty unbelievable. Yeah, pretty unbelievable. The stat that keeps just like jumping out to me is that he had more total touchdowns than incomplete passes, which is just bananas when you think about it that way. He was dominant in every aspect of the game. It was one of the best games he's played in his career. Now, I know the stage is not, you know, the perfect game in the Wilds card or the 13 second game in Kansas City. But, you know, this is a big game and this is a big test. And there's a lot of people talking this week. And he proved that he is still elite. You know, I I put it out a tweet that was jokingly like, okay, week one, Josh Allen makes too many mistakes. He's not elite. Week two, okay, we know he's good, but he still makes too many mistakes. Week three, it's the commanders. Well, like, what are people going to say after week four? Because he had the best game in the NFL this week. Really? I mean, besides Khalil Mack, who had six sacks. Like, he had the most. Did Khalil Mack have six sacks? I didn't even know that until he told me that. Six sacks in a game, and he wow. somehow went from like 65th all time in NFL sacks to like 54th <laughs> in a span of one game because he had That's six great. in the one game. So, I yeah, but I mean, like, Mac. like offensive line, like offensive player of the week, probably again, the only person who might take it from him would be Diggs, who had the three touchdowns. But yeah, I mean, Allen was a superstar today. Today, Josh Allen looked like the best player on the planet. Yeah, I thought Josh Allen was fantastic. And, of course, his money man is Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs absolutely owned uh, Kihu is his name, I believe, uh, for the Miami Dolphins, how you say. But he absolutely owned him, and it was just a great performance by him. Six catches, 120 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Josh spread it around again. Dave Davis with the first touchdown of the game on an absolute laser. Three catches, 61 yards, and that touchdown. The Bills offensive line was a perfect day for them, but I thought they did a nice job to basically keep Josh upright and clean. Um, You know, I thought they had a better week last week, but nothing to really complain about necessarily. The star of the offense for me, besides those guys, was Ken Dorsey. I'm going to go back to coaching that. I think Ken Dorsey, using his own motion, using his own set of different personnel packages, I thought they kept the Miami Dolphins off balance all day, and Miami really didn't know what was coming at them. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it was a very balanced attack. We were talking after the game with a couple other people who covered the team. This was like a prime Brian Dable game where it was like everything looked like it was working. I want to give credit to Eric Turner for cover one. I know you do the videos with him. He posted a breakdown of the third digs touchdown, I believe. And it was just such an interesting wrinkle of on an RPO with they fake the handoff to cook. They so many times in the past are trying to hit digs or whoever it is on a slant breaking in and what they did which is Dorsey is knowing that Miami probably knows that Diggs sells the in on the RPO and then immediately cuts to the pylon and Allen throws a perfectly timed pass and it's an easy touchdown for just an elite combination of people it's Josh Allen being great it's Stefan Diggs being great but in order for those guys to be great they need the help of their play caller and Dorsey did a ton for them today. I still think, 
you know, the run game is a little inconsistent, but I, I mean, like we're, we're nitpicking here. They scored 48 points against an NFL defense. I, I know Miami doesn't have a great defense, but you know, Vic Fangio supposed to be great, right? Like he doesn't have the answers for Josh Allen, at least not yet. No, that's right. I've been even, I have to remember, I have to go back and look. I posted the numbers that Allen had against Fangio defenses coming into this game. And, you know, last summer when they signed him or during the offseason and people were making a big deal about Fangio, and I'm not taking anything away from him, but Allen has performed well. And today was another one of those games. The running game, the running game wasn't great today. And it was James Cook, no. the, the Dolphins did a nice job on James Cook. And I think that actually speaks, Matt, to even how well the Bills played offensively because you couldn't even get – James Cook rolling or Latavius Murray. Now, Latavius Murray averaged eight yards a carry, but he only had four carries, 32 yards. James Cook, 29 yards. The Bills as a group only ran for 104 yards, and that's with Josh Allen only running for 17, 3.6 yards a carry. So, But I would tell you, I thought they ran well when they needed to in certain situations, especially short yardage. Yeah, I think so too. I'm looking at the play sheet right now. I'm looking at the box score from the game. Yeah, nobody really was dynamic. I mean, Latavius Murray averaged eight yards a carry, but a lot of that has to do with he had a 29 yard run and he finished the day with just 32 yards. You know, Allen was effective. Obviously, he scores the touchdown there. The other things that stand out to me was they once again had eight players with at least a catch. So they're spreading the ball out. They've got the weapons for it. There's also a couple other, wow, Patrick Mahomes just threw his second yes. interception against the Jets. I'm watching all these TVs here at this sports bar that I'm hanging out in. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're recording this once again. This is a common theme if you listen to the podcast or if you watch us that we record it during Sunday Night Football. So, yeah, that was another second interception. I mean, Josh did it against them, so their defense is very legit. Um, but, yeah, regardless, I thought that today – I said on the last episode of the podcast, I thought they were forcing it to Deontay Hardy a little bit too much and it wasn't working. Deontay Hardy made two very nice plays in this game. Now, he only had two catches, but on two plays, he got first downs for them when they needed to on like weird situations, like a third and five and a third and two or whatever it was where he made guys missed. He gets down the sideline and the one, he legitimately was down on the ground a yard short, but because he's so quick, he had time to get up, run for the first down and then pick it up. And I think the Bills scored a couple couple plays later. So I liked Deontay Hardy's game. I liked that they used Kincaid a little bit more in this game. I mean, it's still only four catches, so it's not like he's being used a ton, but Hey, I mean like only room to grow. So you got like that. You know what else I liked, Matt? How about what we talked about the last two weeks? It hasn't been going well. First down efficiency. The bills were efficient on first down, set themselves up for good second down situations and third down situations to stay on schedule as coaches like to say. Yeah, you got to stay on schedule. I thought that there were a couple plays when they were trying to run. At least what I thought about in this game was I was very critical of the second in long draw plays that they were doing last week, and they started with three of, three of them back-to-back on their opening three possessions. It felt like if they were going to run on early downs this week, it was first down. Right. And I, I, If it were me, I would pass on every single play if I had Josh Allen. But – I can stomach the first down calls a lot more than the second down calls because even if you go for negative one, negative two, at least you're giving yourself a couple chances instead of just one chance to go and do it. And I know a lot of that is by you know the game script and it's by the design and what they're trying to set up. But yeah, I, I just think overall, Ken Dorsey was in his bag today. This was a really impressive day for Ken Dorsey and for Sean McDermott. Like you said, the players got to still play. Josh was perfect today. Diggs was unbelievable today. I mean, Diggs makes the huge play. When that play happened, the long touchdown where he breaks the tackles and he runs down the sideline, I saw the flag get thrown. I thought it was OPI. 
And I thought he like, so he like swings his arm over the guy to like kind of just give himself a little separation from the press box. It looked like he pushed off, but then you see the replay and you're like, that's not OPI. And then you just right. kind of like anxiously yep. wait to see what the call is going to be illegal contact. And then the place, I mean, you can speak to this more than I can because the press box is pretty soundproof. It felt like the place was rocking today. Huh. It was unbelievable. The whole place absolutely was. Um, yeah. The bills really just came to play today on both sides of the ball and on special teams. Tyler Bass. Perfect. Once again, Tyler Bass with a really nice game for the bills to kind of cap it off 48 to 20 over the Miami dolphins. But it wasn't all great news for the Bills, of course. Okay. So there was so much that went right for the team today. And a lot of that should be celebrated. But once again, it looks like they are going to be without Tredavious White because of a season-ending injury. Now, this has not been confirmed yet. We know it's an Achilles injury. We know he was carted off the field. But I think in this situation, his reaction and how his teammates were talking about the injury kind of tells you the entire story. It just is gut wrenching that they have to go through this again and that he has to go through this again from, you know, from a football standpoint, it's a massive loss, but from just like a human viewpoint, somebody who has worked so hard to try and get back to being the person that they once were as a football player. And now you have to go do this again. And you know, he's been in the league a while. Like I know corners can go for a long time, but you know, he's 28 now another however long it is like it, it's just it sucks so bad for trey white yeah no doubt about it and um being down on the field and seeing how emotional he was um you know, it was just really tough to watch we know what he means to this organization we know what he means to this team mm -hmm. and their chances i mean look they're still gonna have to play kansas city in philadelphia in cincinnati mm -hmm. and the yeah. la chargers and the miami dolphins again this is a significant blow to the buffalo bills you have to pick up the pieces, and you have to go forward. How do they do that? Matt, it is time for Kyrie Elam to step up and play. It is time for Kyrie Elam. He doesn't have to play like a first-round pick, but he's got to play at least very serviceable, if not a lot better. Yeah, so I'm trying to think. So what do you think they do? Because right now it'll be Benford and it'll be Jackson as their one-two. They'll have Elam elevated, but then after that, what, what do you think they do? Do you go out and try and sign somebody? Do you go out and try and trade for somebody? I mean, I know you still got a couple weeks I until think, the trade deadline. Listen, I think that you could you could investigate that. Right now, as I sit here, I really like what Jamarcus Ingram did during preseason yeah. and training camp. I mean, what are you talking about? I mean, you're not getting a starter. Are you going to, you're going to start Jackson. You're going to start Benford. You have Kyrie William as your number three. To me, I think your number four becomes... Jamarcus Ingram. Now, if you have a better, if, if they can find a better guy, that's fine. But he's he's still he's young, he's cheap, he's yours, he's been in your system, and I like his game. I like what he brought to the table. I think that's it. You could also move Cam Lewis. Now he's not usually a boundary corner, but you can move him. Uh, they have Sarian Neal in a pinch. You can play there, but I think Jamarcus Ingram's got to be the next man up. I wouldn't be surprised if they work out veterans, of course, but who's out there? And then you're going to cost some more money. So to me, that's the play here. And then you got Benford and Jackson, and Benford's dealing with a shoulder injury after this mm -hmm. game. So we'll see where that goes. He did finish yeah, the game. He he didn't? I thought he came back onto the side. He wasn't across he, from Jackson at the end? No, he finished the game, I said, right? Oh, he did oh I, okay. He your did your audio. Thank Sorry you. about okay. that. He did finish the game, but... He didn't want to talk about – he didn't want to talk in the locker room after, which I respect. A lot of times guys get banged up. They don't want to. So, you know, that that's fine. But he did finish the game. We'll see what happens, how they play this out. But this is something the Bills are going to have to deal with as they go forward. Now, that said, 
they might get Von Miller back this week. Reports are he's going to start practicing on Monday, Matt. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean he's going to play on Sunday in London against Jacksonville, but he might start. He might. He'll be able to he'll be eligible. They can bring him off pup if they want and if they feel that that's the play. Do you think that's the play they're going to make? Well, I mean, from a, I mean, it sounds, I'm not trying to brush off the Trey White stuff at all, but if you put Trey on IR and you open up a roster spot, you can put Vaughn back onto your team without conceivably losing anybody in the short term. And then you can elevate Ingram from your practice squad for a couple of weeks until you figure things out. Obviously you can make Elam active and stuff like that. So I don't know if this is the week I think with him, even though he's probably, it, it, it shouldn't matter, but you know, what's funny is I was thinking about this before the game you got to be overcautious with him because I think he probably wants to get back onto the field as soon as humanly possible. I think if you would have lost this game, there might have been a little bit more urgency to get him on the field because mm-hmm. then you're like, oh my gosh, if we lose, we're two and three. You're under 500. Now you've given yourself a little bit of wiggle room Obviously, not as far as like, okay, we want to try and go win the AFC East. We want to go try and be the one seed. But just from a strictly like playoff competition standpoint, you've given yourself a little bit more breathing room now that you're three and one as opposed to two and two. So I think if I was the one making the decision, I would give Vaughn the week to practice. I would let him stay back from London. And then next week, I would have him get ready to go for the Giants on Sunday Night Football. You know what? I think I might agree with everything except stay back from London. Bring him with you. I mean, there's no reason not to, to go on the road, be with the team, be a part of the team. He's been, you know, kind of a coach out there on the field to help the guys. I don't think you're, you're having any issue with that, but I don't disagree that maybe you give him another week. This is a foreign, you know, no pun intended. So it's a, foreign yeah, I was going to say, look, foreign, quite literally, literally it is. <laughs> That's right. Literally foreign, but it was, it's a, it's a foreign place. It's a foreign stadium and turf and who knows, they might say, you know what? We need them though. We're going to put them out there. Leonard Floyd's been dealing with a foot injury. He came off again, you know, during the game today, there was no official injury. Might even been something with his shoe, but it looked like he was a little bit sore there. So we'll see where that goes with him. I, I'd like to see, um, I'm gonna, we're going to see how they play this with Von Miller. Just some housekeeping items, by the way. Not only Von Miller, the Bills can actually, they would be eligible to activate Justin Shorter and, and uh, Bill Inspector. They can both start practicing. Not that we're predicting that's going to happen, not necessarily that they need them, but both those guys are available to start practicing if they want them to. And Matt, now the Bills go to London for their next game and a chance to go 4-1 and one against the Jacksonville Jaguars team that hasn't been great but one in London and now gets to stay there and welcome the Bills, even though the Bills are the home team. No disrespect to Justin Shorter. I have not thought about Justin Shorter (laughs) or heard his name until you just mentioned him on the podcast. I don't know. I I think it's an advantage for the um, Jags that they're already there. But at the same time, like I don't think it's like a massive. The thing that I think about the Jags is that they're better than they've shown and that makes them a little bit more dangerous. I saw the betting line is only two and a half. You would think that's more. I mean, when you think about it this way, the Bills were favored the same against the Dolphins as they are against the Jags. Right. You know, that's like, you know, raise the eyebrows a little bit of like, hmm, what do they know that we don't know? But yeah, I mean, I think it's an advantage for the Jags. I also think it's a game the Bills should be able to win. I know that you're going to really miss Trey White in this game. They have some very legitimate weapons on that side, but it's hard to say that the Bills won't be able to handle them after what they just did to Tyree Kill and to Jalen Watt. That's the thing. Like, I know you've got to play the Dolphins again. I know you still have to play some really elite quarterbacks, and the Eagles have a ton of weapons on their team. But, I mean, if this is what Sean McDermott can scheme up against... Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill and De- Devin Achan and Tua, like 
I, I think that they could win a lot of these matchups against good weapons, good receivers, and good quarterbacks. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. We will both be in London for that game. When are you headed out, pal? So I am leaving early Wednesday morning, and I touch down in London, I believe, Wednesday evening because of the time difference. And then, yeah, we've got all of our coverage for Channel 7 planned. Right. And uh, how about you? When are you going? Well, I'll be on the team charter. We are leaving Thursday evening, flying overnight into Friday morning. The Bills then will do some media in London, and then there'll be Saturday. There'll be a little practice, a walkthrough, I believe, and then Sunday's the game, and then return here to Buffalo. But it should be fun. I know there's a lot of people going to London out there. Before we leave everybody in the podcast today, one thing back on this game that I just want to make sure we mention, DeMar Hamlin played a football game, a real football game. Oh, my gosh. Game. Yeah, it was on the field. And it was such a storyline that we talked about for so long, and we didn't even talk about it today. It really, and that's okay. I think tomorrow just wants to play football and you know mm -hmm. go out there and do his job, and that's what he did today. Matt, I think today, just for the fact that he was on the field, he is he's going to win NFL Comeback Player of the Year just for being on the field today. Yeah, you're probably right about that. So I think it's just a really cool moment. You were in Cincinnati. I was in Cincinnati when the injury happened to see that moment and then to see where it has gotten to today. And it's also cool that, you know, this was like a gradual build. We saw, you know, the first training camp practice, the first preseason game, the live scrimmage, and now to see it build up to this point, it'll be really cool when DeMar Hamlin makes a big play for the first time and, you know, like thrusts himself back into the spotlight. I'm also happy for him that this is now over. Like he's overcome yes. this hurdle. This is one less thing that he now has to think about, hear about. I found it to be, I understand, you know, like we're in the media. So, you know, sometimes we're guilty of these things. I've thought it has been ridiculous that every week it has been sources. Tell me Demar Hamlet is not expected to play. Like let the guy just, he's not, it was not because of what happened. He was not playing because they have a very deep secondary. Yes. Stop putting unnecessary and added pressure and attention on somebody because of something that they went through. I felt like it was almost like people were using DeMar Hamlin to try and get clicks and to try and get, you know, news. I don't know. It's just, it has irritated me. I'm happy that this now has put an end to that, that next week there's not going to be five different reporters who tweet sources. Tell me DeMar Hamlin is active and he's going to make his, or sources tell me DeMar Hamlin isn't it going is to London play. debut. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Oh my God, he can play his first game overseas. So yes, that yeah. was a very big storyline. The one thing that I want to ask you, this is the parting question that we can close okay. on. I know this is a quicker podcast. Is this the best Bills team that they have had from a strictly roster standpoint? We can't be prisoners of the moment. It's only four games. They've been three and one before. They've been four and one. They've had better records than this. It's very early and a lot can happen. But do you think this team has maybe the best roster or maybe the most potential of all of the other good teams they've had? All right. So there's like... I'll answer it this way, I think, because I was going to say this about the team, and I think this fits what I was going to say. I think the answer might be yes, but I would say when healthy, yes. They don't have Tredavious White now. That's a big blow for them, right? So sure, I don't – I mean, that's a – because 2020, they had a heck of a roster, and a, I think the offense, they had more talent overall in the offense with high-end talent. Maybe here and there, the offensive line's a little better, whatever. I think you can parse it any way you want. What I think – what I want to say, though, I think this team, as good as they are offensively, you know, they may, we may wake up tomorrow morning and they could be Super Bowl favorites. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to yeah. shake out in the odds or anything. Matt, I think it's mostly because of their defense and how good it is. Like, that's what I think about this team. Like, this defense is good enough to win a championship, and we already know the offense is clearly good enough to win a championship. 
Yeah, I think the defense is legit. I think the defense it's so is good. it's close to I, I thought about it today. I've covered the team for nine years and I stopped. I, w- I was going to say in a tweet that this is the most dominant defensive line that I've seen as a member of the media covering the Bills. I stopped because for those couple years they had Kyle Williams, Mario Williams, Jerry right. Hughes, and Marcel Darius, and they were awesome. The problem with those defenses were they were awesome there, and then everything else behind them wasn't very good, and they didn't have an offense that was even close to the offense they have now. But I do think that this defense is comparable to the 2019 defense that they had that was really good, and the offense is obviously capable of scoring 48 points because you have Josh Allen. And I think on any given day, they can beat any team. You know, it's a weird league, right? We're watching Sunday Night Football, and you're like, how the heck did they lose to the Jets? Because they're mortal, and that happens. But I think that every game that they play, I will think that they have a very realistic chance of winning because of the defense, because of Josh Allen, because of Stefan Diggs. They are very legit. And one thing that you did say, maybe they have a little bit of a better offensive line. One of the other notes that I have here is Osiris Torrance is awesome. Yeah, he looks so good and comfortable going into his. You know, this is only his first month of the season. Like, yeah. shout out to him because he's looked great. Connor McGovern looks good. The tackles both look solid. Like, this might be the most legitimate offensive line Josh Allen has ever had. And if you give Josh Allen a legitimate offensive line, good luck. Bills in London next week. Matt is going to have all the coverage on the TV side, WKBW TV Channel 7 in Buffalo. I'll be on the radio side, WGR Sports Radio 550. And, of course, we're all over Twitter, Matt underscore Bove, at Sal Sports. We invite you to join us. Of course, watch this show whenever you can on the Sal Sports YouTube channel. And listen, download, subscribe, tell all your friends about it. It's always game day in Buffalo. All right, buddy. You have a good night. I'm gonna get it back. Gonna get back to some pizza and wings here with my Florida friends, especially the Dolphins man is crying in his beer right now. Yeah, you enjoy that. I'm gonna go have a microwavable brown rice and a piece of grilled chicken. So okay. I think your I think your good. meal I think your meal is a little bit better than mine. For Mike Rabier, our producer, we thank you very much for joining us here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo.